0: I'm Rob and I'm a compulsive overeater, 24 November Voices of Recovery. Think gratefully how fortunate you are to have a disease that can be arrested, one day at a time, simply by not taking that first compulsive bite. Before you take that first compulsive bite, remember. When the mental obsession and cravings hit, I have many thoughts and actions that help me avoid that first compulsive bite. I remember the tools and the guilt and remorse I feel after a slip or binge. Why compound the uncomfortable feelings of food thoughts and cravings with remorse, guilt, and self-condemnation? Why not live through the food thoughts and relish the knowledge that this too shall pass if I'm willing to turn my attention to prayer, phone calls, always service, literature, housework, or anything else until it's time for my next abstinent meal. Often I tally the number of obsessive sorry, often I tally the number of excessive food thoughts I overcome during the day with my higher powers' help. It's amazing how many times I've received the miracle of recovery in just one day. Try it. You'll like it. Jay, grateful compulsive eater. Um, grateful I'm alive, grateful I'll couple- go. I'm grateful I'm here. I'm grateful to God who's my... You've muted yourself, Jay. Sorry about that. Would you care to start over? All of a sudden, your mic went muted. I'm really sad right now.
1: And one of the miracles of the program is that when I have something that for whatever reason, I'm being blocked from experiencing it fully. I'm talking about feelings, whether it's Stanis, not really... For whatever reason, I'm not letting myself just relax and experience it. Uh, I could tell that my body is fighting. it. It's it's very much a body thing with me. It's certainly not mental because I like to just sit down, you know, cry or whatever. Um, But um, I have used the tools that were outlined in the Voices of Recovery reading. Uh... Basically, I just feel lousy. It's not just sad. It's like I feel draggy. I feel I don't know. I, I'm sick. I haven't taken my temperature, but I just feel overall lousy. And it's one of those things where um, all my options seem screwed up. <laughs> so here's what I've done. At about four o'clock today, so I'm on the East Coast, so it's about 9.15 right now. I uh I, I called on my sweetheart. she's over she was over at, at a friend's and I just talked to her about what was going on. That was first thing I did. second thing I did was I just prayed. I realized I had prayed about I said, God, just just you know, tell me what to do about this. <laughs> and two thoughts came the were screwy. One was to have a cup of coffee and it was like, like I said, it was about 4 o'clock, 4.30. I have a limit with my body of about 2 or 3 o'clock at the most to have a cup of coffee without being up like way into the night. And so I thought, nah, it, it doesn't feel like it's from God. It feels like it's coming from my feeling like crap, crazy mind. So the second thought that I had was, oh, I didn't just ask God to take it that works better for me rather than directly. God, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. So I said, God, just take this, just take this feeling of crap, just feeling lousy, feeling sad, just take it, just do what you're going to do with it. So I instituted prayer. Then if there's anything that I need to do to have your will happen or not do to have your will happen, please let me know and please help my brain shut up about it. Amen. And I opened my eyes and I thought, Oh, now, this was a lot more sane. Get a nice drink of water, which I did, and then do my afternoon stretches. Took a nice drink of water, did my afternoon stretches. Next thing, oh, it's time for my abstinent dinner. Am my abstinent dinner, finished it. To be honest, I feel a little better. I still feel physically lousy. but. I'm calm about it if that makes any sense. I'm not like, oh, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? Because the feeling lousy was pervasive. That was using tools. And and you know, and I'll close with this. One of the things that sometimes people ask because I've been absent for quite some time. I've been absent through the grace of God and all of you. If it continues one moment at a time until Sunday, it'll be 26 years this Sunday. Sometimes people say, well, you know, how do you do it? Like, you know, what's your secret? And I say, I have no idea. <laughs> I could tell you that I use the tools. I could tell you that I go to now with zoom. I usually go to at least one meeting a day. If it's for five minutes, if it's for the full meeting, whatever. I talk to people, see, there's stuff I do, but whether that has anything to do with my abstinence, I have no idea in the world. It's a God thing to me. And some days like today, I just feel like crap no matter what I do. And then, and then people have said to me, well, then what's the difference between being abstinent and not being abstinent? And here's what I say. I used to hear, I don't hear this in meetings anymore, but it's borrowed from AA. My best day of binging, I'm sorry, my worst day of abstinence is better than my best day of binge. That is absolutely not true for me, okay? There were days when I looked forward to the binge. I binged, it, was, it felt great, it seemed great, and I had no physical or any other recriminations that I could tell the next day even. However, one consistent difference is that I now have options besides going to the food. I have options of sharing like I've done. I have options of just having my absent dinner, of just asking God to take it. Take it because when God takes something that I want him to take or her to take, then it's replaced with what God wants me to do rather than me trying to figure it out, because that's very dangerous. Those conversations with Jay lead me uh, into some interesting, uh, strange places. With that, I'll pass.